The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I am your illustrious host, the one, the only, Scott Alexander. And uh, if you call in now, you can touch my pee-pee. <laughs> That's terrible. That's you terrible. are horrible. I know some of our fans are laughing their asses off about that right now. They are. It's, don't laugh at that. That well, just encourages no, me. That, that, don't laugh. Don't giggle. Don't even freaking comment on it because he will just keep going. <laughs> I notice even when I tell him to shut his fucking mouth, he will keep fucking going. But yeah, but I am the one and only Tammy the Awesome Underwood. There you go, because he didn't introduce me yet again. I was gonna. Uh-huh. Sure, you were. You are right talking across, about your pee-pee. Right across from me is the one, the only, don't you touch my pee-pee at all, you fucking beast. Shit. Tammy, the girl, Underwood. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I mean, if I wanted to touch your pee-pee, I would have done it a long time ago. I just threw up. <laughs> I'm saving myself for your mom. Oh, my God. You and I are going to mm. fucking box. I can't wait to have that booby in my mouth. Ew. Mm. Ah, no, I just I just want to die. <laughs> I just want to die right now. Like, literally freaking die. I'm glad that your mom finally got Snapchat. That's hot. Shut up. She doesn't, she doesn't even know how to use her fucking text message. Shut the fuck up. Oh, yes, she does. She See, she is keeping a lot of shit hidden from you and Missy. A lot. Dude, no, because I actually had her phone I looked at her phone when I was in Iowa she doesn't even know how to erase shit so oh, she does no she does no, not her, her and I went over on how to do it I mean god dang man you're, she's so, full of sh- you're so full of shit your eyes are brown Scott mm. damn that's hot um all right so today's show is is a little unique for our listeners I'm gonna warn true. you guys ahead of time that Mm-hmm. This show here, normally, y'all know that I crack a lot of jokes, and it's usually funny with whoever we have on, whether it's, you know, the happy face killer, uh, Keith Jesperson, or or Todd, or, you know, or, or anybody else. Oh, yeah. I mean, and granted, you did try to crack a few jokes to kind of break up the, like, the seriousness of the situation. Uh, I tried. But people need to understand that what we talked about today is very serious. And it's something that people need to listen to, because if it can help anybody out there then it's worth it. It's as serious as having an STD, too. I mean, oh it's pretty God. fucking serious. Now you're cracking jokes. But, you know, still, if you want to touch my pee-pee, you can send me an email. Because he's STD-free. Because I am STD-free, <laughs> motherfuckers, and baby safe. Vasectomy! Vasectomy, vasectomy you. Oh, shit. At, go ahead and give me your email address, you know. Scott.Alexander at TwistedBlueLLC.com. I mean, com. I think it's funny because if they do text message send you an email, I will be able to read it. So <laughs> that would be hilarious. Here's my luck. Here's my luck. It's going to be some dude. I know, right? You said I could touch your pee pee. <laughs> my name is uh, Al. 
Uh, <laughs> currently weighing in at 610 pounds. My name's Bubba, <laughs> and, and I want you to squeal like a piggy. I was just going to say, are you familiar with the term squeal like a piggy, boy? <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> Look, allegedly for educational purposes. <laughs> I, lo- I sent you that thing because Jen Dahl sent me a couple of things because she's freaking awesome. She made... She bought some plastic cut like tumblers with lids and straws and put one of them as a Sasquatch. And on the back, it says you better work like a RuPaul thing because it's a Sasquatch wearing high heels. <laughs> it is fucking awesome. And then on another one, she put because she sent me a TikTok where somebody was like so funny talking about freaking um, Murdoch in his videos that he sent out. With his no no clothes on, and she goes, "Where's his nipple?" I know. I'm I'm just asking for allegedly for educational purposes only. I got to go wash my eyeballs out with bleach now, and I'm like, "Yeah, me too." Got a good point, man. I saw. Like, where the fuck is this dude? We didn't have any fucking nipples. It's like, where the fuck are they? Right, man, dude. But yeah, so she made me that too, and then she sent me a couple of. She sent me a Sasquatch hat and Sasquatch. uh, what are they called? Spacers for your ear. Right, right. Is that what they're called? Yep. Gauges. Gauges, yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't have my ears pierced or anything because I'm allergic to metal, but I will, I'm will. i totally putting them in my Sasquatch collection. I it's love awesome. metal. I listen to freaking anthrax. Well, I do too. I meant that, but I'm allergic to metal. Like every other metal that touches knot. your body, ass wipe. But yeah, so thank you, Jendal. I love you. You're like the best best listener and i don't care what scott says I, right. I will defend you you crazy ass bitch <laughs> fucking nuts but, yeah. only gonna skin me a little but no this this like i said this episode is very important and so here's what i've yeah. got written up so we can just get into this because yeah real quickly yeah okay this is the, today we got a call in from mr scott decry so i'm not going to get into the whole childhood or background of scott no, right now he okay? talks about it right yeah um Let's get right to the meat and potatoes of the case. I am going to start with a question for you all, though. What would you do to protect your child? I mean, really, what would you do? Well, and we posed this question on our Facebook page before. And remember, I mean, it's like even Brian, he was like, you know what? Because when we talked about that Idaho case with the four, the guy who shot four people. Right, right. He said, you know what? I don't understand killing the whole family, but the perp, hell yes. Well, I want to get through all you this know, so, we, so yeah. we can get into our... No, but I'm just saying that, you know, what we do to protect our children is... No, and I agree. You epic. Because I've spoken to Scott DeCry on the phone as well as shared yeah. emails with him several times. I don't think that uh, that his story has changed since the very beginning when he was arrested. It stayed consistent, right? Right. So here's the uh, a brief synopsis, and then we're going to get into it, okay? Um, Scott DeCry was married to a woman by the name of Michelle... I can't pronounce that name. Spell it. F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R. Fournier? Fournier. Fournier. That's a fucked up name. Um, you actually almost, uh, yeah. Or Fournier. Yeah, it could be Fournier. But, I mean, because we did the, uh, what's his name, Fournier. Oh, ago, yeah, I remember, I remember so, now. Yeah, so it's probably Fournier because it, it has that R. So They got divorced in 2007. Now, that's not uncommon at all. People get married and they divorce. Um, yeah, you should know. And if you've listened to the show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for any amount of time. Scott's a serial killer. Yeah, y'all know that I've been married a few times and subsequently divorced. He's a serial husband. <laughs> hey, it, it means I'm not afraid of commitment, okay? Dude, okay. <laughs> yeah, married married more than three times and divorced serial husband, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I need to marry Midget, though. I need to complete that set. You did that already. Oh, yeah, so you can be technically five instead of four and a half? Exactly. Is that what you're trying to say? Yep. You're 
just stupid. So Scott and uh, Scott and Michelle were involved in a horrible custody battle over their son Dominic. Okay, yeah. Scott has told me on the phone that every time he would get his son from Michelle, that he had marks and bruises all over his body to the point that his son begged him for help, and he says that in the interview as well. He did. Side note, I'm not trying to victim shame here at fucking all, okay? No. So before you start getting on your high horses and sending me hate, I'm going to go, oh, you're victim shaming, you no. asshole. Yeah, no, I'm not, so fuck yourself. Well, well, and we say it in the episode multiple times, we do not condone his actions. I'm just repeating, at all. I'm just repeating what uh, I was told by Scott during our, right, our exactly. hour-long conversation on the phone that we had. As well as several emails that we've exchanged exactly. back and forth. Okay? Exactly. There are some special circumstances to be aware of, by the way, when you're listening to this. First, Scott had sustained an injury while working aboard a boat that damaged his legs. Right. He was addicted to prescription pain meds at the time. Right. Uh, that he that he killed the people in the salon. Right. And he was, yeah, so he suffered from PTSD and he had an addiction to opioids. I already have that on there. Will you let me read my damn thing? You didn't say that just now. Not yet. Why? Oh, I because didn't know you, you were. Opened you know your... what? You've, you've gotten ahead of me before, so shut up. Uh, that's different. That's different. Oh, because it's you? Yes. Oh, my God. Here we go. Add all that the fact that, according to Scott, he reported the abuse to Child Protective Services and they did nothing about it. Well, nothing that would actually fucking help, right? Right. And I believe this may that that he made several reports trying to help his son. Um, if right, it, and showed them documentation. Right yeah. and now, and it doesn't justify his actions not at, at all. all. Once again, not victim shaming. No. So those of you who like to send me hate mail, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go ahead and send it, but fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, if you can send it. That's fine. I'll read it. But you know what? You can kiss my big yeah. fat fucking ass. Yeah, because. It God, doesn't excuse today. his. I know you are. It doesn't excuse his actions, but you need to see where he, what his mindset was like at that time. So, um, what Several reports. Okay, to justify his action, but it does give us an insight and mindset as well as how frustrated he must have been. I have several. Uh, I have an idea myself of how he felt. When my son uh, was a child and had issues, I asked him. For, I asked for help several times, and there was no help available for me. Right. I did not know where I could turn to get my son help, the, the, right. the help that he needed. Right. And or, you were also told that I'm getting to that. Shut oh, okay. up. I, okay. Good. I'm glad God you are, damn it. dude. You know, I, I'm or, sorry. Or the help that I needed to deal with him. <laughs> I didn't I know that he had Aspers at the time. By the way. I was told, however, that as a single father, you should not be raising a child at all. Apparently, that fact, the fact that I have a penis, automatically made me a bad parent. True, 100. Yeah. Um, give me one moment. I Hopefully, this won't time out. It won't. No, no, it's because I, I did, I'm recording on the same tracks that we're already on. Oh, gotcha. I don't think it will, but any Hughesies. Um, who the hell was it? I don't know. And, and and I'm not saying, by the way, that I'm a good parent by any means. I'm accountable for my actions to the fullest. It wasn't until I got into trouble that I was offered to get help uh, for and get my crap together. I was a violent man. I'll admit that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've learned life skills that's changed how I view the world and my life. My point is that. It was not until I got into trouble that I was offered resources. I feel that Scott may have had a similar issue. We live in a society where, as a man, you're expected to, uh, in most cases, to, quote, figure it out on your own. If you ask for help, 
we are oftentimes looked at as weak or even worthless. Right. Exactly. So, today we're talking. We're going to talk to Scott DeCry on the phone uh, about the mass shooting that took place and took the lives of uh, several people and injured one uh, who was an innocent bystander. Please keep in mind that this calls from the California State Prisons and is limited to 15 minutes each. So, yeah, so this yeah. interview will be edited a little so we can splice it all together. Are we ready to get into this shit? Yep, 100. Beauty, yep. let's do it. Awesome. Woo. NASCAR. Woohoo. All right, that's better. Good morning, Scott. Hey, good morning. Hey, I wanted you to know something. Um, you sent me a uh, you sent me a text last night, and you said here's a few questions that I was going to ask you. Something. None of that ever came through. I just got your text. That's all I got. I didn't get any questions. That's so weird. Whatever there happened. Questions. Yeah, it that's... wasn't even. There was no attachment or anything. It's no big deal. I mean, I I, I have fair confidence that you know everything we've already spoke on. It's all good. I just uh. Just wanted you to know that that happened for for the next time. And is this the number? Is this the number you want me to contact you in in the future? This new one right here that you just gave me. When, whenever you're on the show, because um, this one here, well, uh, we show, have to this use... is for the. This is for the show. Okay. Right. Because this one here is for the show, uh, and uh, when we're not doing the show, then we don't use this number. The other number that you called me on earlier—that's my direct phone number. So if you ever want to call right, cool. me, call that one. That. There. Yeah, yeah, good. Man. Now I have that. Now that I have that, and now that I know I have everything on one, uh, uh, you know, index card, so so that I don't lose your information. I got your address and two separate phone numbers, so it's all good. Yeah, and they just the reason that it's kind of hectic right now is they just uh, they just opened up the entire yard in the day room, so there's people yelling and screaming and trying to get you know, attention and stuff. So you're probably going to hear some uh, probably going to hear some background noise from time to time. So. Ah, uh, that's okay, and, and and we both understand that each call is only fifteen minutes long. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we're used to that. We're, we're pretty, <laughs> we got we got two people we talked to in San Quentin. Um, so yeah, we're three. Pretty, well, I talked to three, but yeah. All right, All so right, let's, cool. let's. Hi, Scott. To, my name's Tammy. Oh, yeah. By sorry. the way, I'm sorry, Tam. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this is my co-host. Me, Scott. This is my co-host, Tammy Underwood. I'm sorry. I, Tammy, no, I was Tammy talking. Is, yeah, Tammy, as in you know, Tammy Wynette. Yeah, because yeah. I was named oh, after Tammy Wynette, and yeah, oh, Underwood, okay. like Carrie, but no relation. That's what I tell people oh, all the I time. Appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Yeah, you guys are all right. I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, get uh, get this out there and, and, and have a conversation. I'll do my best to, uh, you know, be as transparent and as uh, yeah, polite as I can. I'm, yeah, because we strive for the truth, and we have high ethics, so just, just yeah, know no, you'll good. never that's be good. exploited by us. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, and as far as I know, I have the phone for, for if it, it uh, you know, if it takes a little bit extra time, I can always call back if that, uh, if, if you're pressed for time or something like that, because I, there's nobody on the phone list uh, after me, so. So, okay. you don't call through your tablet then? I can, but right oh, okay. now I'm in the day room, because, okay. because what, when I'm in my cell, when I'm in my cell, there's a connection, you know, with the concrete walls and stuff, mm-hmm. and a direct landline is a little more more better. But in the future, if if you want to try it that way, I can do it from my tablet. Oh, okay. I was just wondering, like, if you didn't have access to the phones, if you could do it through your tablet. That's all I was wondering. I, I can. No, okay. I, most, I most certainly can. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. sure. Yeah, because yeah. you know. So let's let, let, let's start with the very beginning, um, just so the listeners and everybody know, because. Uh, I've got a whole thing that I'm going to read yeah, prior to your this, case is very important. It, it is. It's it super is. important because Tammy and I have talked about this. Totes. Totes. A magot, lot. Joe. Totes. Magots. Especially and in relation to that Idaho case that just came up on Father's Day. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, because I've, I've tried to wrap my brain around it, and I started thinking to myself in honest, in earnest, would I have done anything different? Maybe not. Maybe so. Maybe so. But because of your case. Anyway, my first question that I have is, let, let's start with the very beginning. What was your childhood like? You know, Can I ask you about you know, your parents and high school, growing up in general? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I was a, I was, a, I guess you would call it a regular uh, white, white uh, middle class kid. I went, I played little league. Um, oh, sadly enough, cool. my, my, sadly enough, my, my father, my stepfather, uh, was in my life. My biological father was absent. He was a, an abuser uh, of my mother. This I was born in 1969. Um, in those kind of time, in those times, you know, things are kind of hush hush and. They right. were concerned that they were concerned that I would come out with some kind of deformities and whatnot because my mother, my my birth mother, uh, suffered uh, you know a lot of physical abuse. Uh, she was I did suffer. Yeah, and exactly. Wow. And I was I had hearing loss in my left ear, which I still have issues with that today, even after wow. you know many many decades on the water. Uh, I had those uh, exact braces. If you're familiar with the uh, movie Forrest Gump, I grew up wearing. Oh, those oh kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Well, oh, with those on. like so leg was, braces that he had in the beginning when he was a kid. Correct, correct, correct. Okay, I just wanted to make sure yeah, we were but, talking about people knew that yeah. braces on the legs, not on your teeth. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I had those later in life when I was a teenager. You know, <laughs> um, I did most of the most of my upbringing was with my grandparents. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents because my mom and dad, my mom and stepfather, uh, they were they were kind of messed up. They they didn't they didn't know how to care for a child. I was an only child. Didn't have any other siblings or anything like that. And uh, my mom was um, my mom was pretty severely mentally ill. She was in and out of state hospitals for most of her life. She wasn't abusive to me. She was abusive to herself and her and to my stepfather. Uh, she kind of you know kind of uh, what do you call protected me, I guess you could say. But she wasn't all right. And uh, this is before the days of, of uh, psychiatric medications and stuff. So all they did was just show up at the house, put her in a straitjacket, and, and take her away for. For, uh, that was a pretty traumatic in itself. Now that I'm I'm older and I look back on it, you know, just just those images kind of have stuck with me since you know I'm 54 now. But those images as a child uh, were pretty pretty horrendous. But yeah, my grandparents raised me, and, and therefore they were in a whole different economic uh, uh, status. So I grew up uh, on the beach, literally on the beach in Southern California, in the same small town that I ended up committing my life crime, Seal Beach, California. I grew up right on the sand, grew up surfing and boogieboarding. Wow and doing all those things. I had a lot of friends that grew up down there and we would all surf and I started surfing when I was, you know, 10 years old and I surfed my whole life until I became injured, uh, you know, decades later in the Coast Guard. So, yeah, wow. as far as that goes, I mean, it was, uh, uh, I mean, we could go on and on specifically about the childhood, but yeah, I mean, so it, it was... Uh, so it was basically pretty good, like, I mean, I guess the correct term now is like white privileged, right? That you didn't really... You know. Nah, not so much. I mean, it, it, look, I didn't, I wasn't afforded anything that it, everybody else had. I mean, I was a product right. of the 70s. I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And look, thing, things, I mean, things still are today racially segregated. Oh, totally. And well, and whatnot, but, yeah. But yeah, but the color of my skin the, and at that age, the color of my skin didn't afford any benefits. I right, but, with black kids. I played yeah, but what I meant to say, I guess I should have worded it different, but what I meant to say is, like, you didn't suffer, like, 
the abuse and like poverty and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, hold on, hold on. That's no, not I'm... even white privilege right there. Because well, no, it, it, but it I meant so it's white people. Like my that's dad. true. That, that's why I said I need. I, I should have worded it differently. Because I, I, I was born no, in '73. Yeah, yeah. And my dad beat the you. shit no. out that's of me. That's true. And I, I was born in '75. You know. It happened to me too. But yeah. But gotcha, I mean, like, gotcha. but you know, yeah. So, but like the know, poverty you know, and stuff like that, and because you were able to do like sports and hang out with your friends and stuff like that, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to to be directly uh, answer mm-hmm. your question. Yeah. I mean, I, I. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I hate how California would, has to would, remind us of that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I was fed and I was cared for like okay. most children. You know, I had a okay. roof over my head and I did, and I was living on the sand. And the, the right. playground I was afforded was the Pacific Ocean, so I learned how right. to swim and surf at a young age. And and I would call that privilege, definitely. If you want to dig down deep, and, and well, call it yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 definitely more privilege. Yeah, that it wasn't like you know. I did you not know, grow up you in know, the ghetto, and I yeah. was not beaten with extension cords every day. For, yeah, for exactly. And school. your no. parents didn't, like, subject you to, like, prostitution or anything like that is what I was getting, no, you know. No, I, yeah, I, tra- I was not a childhood trafficking victim, no. Okay, not. just, you know, that's what I want to make clear to people is that you had basically a normal childhood. And that's one of my major Quote, complaints unquote, on normal. life. Right my biggest so complaint on me, life yeah. is I was a cute kid. Nobody tried to traffic me. Scott. Yeah, that's terrible. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Scott's yeah. horrible. You know what? I apologize for time, my. Yeah. I apologize for Scott Alexander in advance because, you know. You, you guys <laughs> don't have to. I, I enjoy. I enjoy talking to. Uh, it's nice having a conversation with non-convicts. So it's it's fine. It's a, it's it's uh, it's nice to hear the banter. Uh, I have no problem uh, with it. It's, uh, it's kind of cute, actually. I was going to say, Scott didn't tell you that I used to. No, I have a criminal background, so I relate to a lot of people in prison. Right. Yeah, but oh, I mean, so you understand? You yeah, understand I, under- I understand prison life. I mean, I never reoffended, so yeah. you know, yeah, I wasn't a career criminal or revolving door. Yeah. But yeah, I, I relate to some of the things you guys go through, and it's you know, yeah, it's yeah. really good. But you know what? To be completely honest, uh, here in America, we we have we have. Uh, Maybe in California, but this is not hard time. Uh, this is this is a can of corn. This is like camp uh, because I've earned through through uh, good behavior and uh, right. nonviolence. I've earned my way to a place where we are afforded uh, very. I mean, we have tablets now. I mean, you you already know right. that we have tablets. We have hourly unlocks. We can come in and out of ourselves every hour on the hour. Uh, we have p- positive programming. We have ways to enrich our lives. We have ways right. to become better friends, husbands, neighbors, and fathers, which is the ultimate goal, really, for rehabilitation. But, but some sure. states in the in, in America, they're they're still they're still stuck in the uh, retributional mode. And I True. mentioned, you know, Tammy, I, I I don't know if Scott mentioned this to you, but I mentioned to uh, him when we spoke a couple weeks back, the yard that I currently reside on here in Tehachapi, California. Uh, yard specifically is the only yard in the United States of America currently that has level one, two, three, four, and condemned death row prisoners all in the same facility, all in the same yard. Wow. Not at the same pen- not at the same penitentiary, the same yard. There are people right now as I'm speaking to you, there are level one prisoners, level two, level three, and the young man right. next to me two feet away is from California death row. He's I could touch him with my hand if I want. Wow. And and so so that's so stigma they, that society yeah. yeah. It's all everything everything now in California is based on behavior. Right. If you're good, you get good rewards. It's just the bottom line. Right. We're gonna They're get into right. They're finally getting it right. 
we're going to get to uh, that later on because uh, we're going to talk about the uh, we're going to talk about the Elwap program and and everything sure. that you've done to better your life, which is just amazing. And I got to tell you, man, e- even when we talked a few weeks ago, I absolutely love talking to you. I mean, you're just no, I appreciate that. You're an amazing person, and hella nice. Um, so, okay. So, so, growing up, basically, you didn't get bullied in school or nothing like right. that. That's what I was getting at. Because yeah. a lot of times, we, we look for a catalyst of why things happen. And uh, what we've seen time and time again is is things like, you know, like, and Bill was bullied in school, and his parents beat the shit out of him, you know, every day of the and week. And then finally he... And finally he, he snapped he and, snapped. like, you know, yeah. killed a bunch of people. And Honestly, then, you guys, if, if if you would allow me to circumvent the, the long, drawn-out process, I've dealt with criminal profilers, very famous criminal profilers, because of my candor and the way that I speak and the way my transparency. Right. I've been afforded the opportunity to talk to criminal profilers from all oh, over that's the planet awesome. who have come and interviewed. And in, the, in, in, in turn, they've helped me to have my enormous restitution and whatnot, participating and trying to prevent workplace violence and whatnot. The bottom line is this, is... Um, Nothing prepared me. I had, uh, even though I was a former member of the Coast Guard, even though I was a good neighbor and friend, PTA member, charity donor, you know, volunteer at my child's school, little league coach, even though I was handicapped because of my on-the-job injury, uh, nothing prepared me from for uh, the, the the physical abuse of my little boy. Uh, nothing prepared me for that. I did not. Have, I didn't have those coping skills. Something inside me broke that was directly reflective to. Uh, a parent's innate uh, uh, desire, or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's in us to protect our offspring. Nobody, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you walk on two legs or four. We're, 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 we come into this earth to protect our children, and and nothing prepared me for seeing my child every time. Uh, his name is Dominic, by the way. Every time he would show up for my custodial days, which was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or no, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and. Uh, when he would show up, you know, towards the end, you know, a different set of bruises. He had his foot broken by his mother. She drove her one of her high heels through his top of his little foot, and other time broke his wrist, broke his collarbone, uh, oh, hit him with you know, brooms and things like that. Yeah, it was, it was real documented child abuse based based on you know taking him to his pediatrician and uh, the Hippocratic oath that the doctors have. They have to you know report that to child protective services yeah it's mandatory exactly reporting yeah we've talked correct about that. correct yes yeah. so that's exactly what happened in my situation and and because of the slow dragging and the stigma that that revolves around um you know it's traditionally in stigma sense you know it's the father that goes to work all day stops off at the bar on the way home and then you have 60 seconds remaining you know, i'll call you guys back in a few okay. seconds here but but, uh, yeah, that was the that was the get down. I'll, I'll hang up now, and then I'll give you guys a call back. We'll continue, okay? Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. All right. Welcome back, Scott. Yeah, okay. Hey, guys. So what we were talking about the about the coping mechanisms, I believe. And, and yeah, and, and and honestly, I told Scott, I told you this before. Um, after about eight months of the back and forth, the... Uh, Seeing my little boy with various sets of bruises, and, and I, I was already remarried with, a, with a, a lovely lady that I'm still married to who was assigned to me. Uh, she was my caregiver uh, when, when I got injured in my Coast Guard on-the-job injury where, where my co-worker was killed. Wow. I already had a good support system. I already had a good support system. Uh, you know, he was coming to a loving home. Uh, where we had a pool in the backyard. We lived in a, a Huntington Harbor, California, nice, nice area in Southern California. And uh, it was a, it was a, it was just sad when he started to, 
he started to he started to um, uh, you know say things like uh, daddy daddy I'm scared you know daddy protect me daddy I don't want to go there anymore why does mommy hurt me I thought she loved me those kind of things oh, and, and, and and honestly nothing nothing in this earth I mean I've seen a lot of things I've traveled all over but as a father who watched that little boy come into this earth nothing prepared me for those uh, those emotions on his behalf and I just uh, yeah something deep 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 down inside me broke and uh, uh, based on based on the analysis that the criminal profilers have given on, on my, uh, you know, on the facts of my story, which is what I'm sharing with you now, uh, it's, they just call it primal instinct. They call it primal, primal instinct. You know, they have different classifications for, for things. You know, especially when it comes to, like serial killers or mass murderers or things like that. But in my specific instance, it's called primal instinct, which is, uh, you know, something inside me broke. Uh, you know, my my innate desire to protect my little boy, and, and it doesn't make me a hero. I mean, those those innocent people that I murdered, they didn't do anything. They didn't deserve to die. They didn't, uh, you know, they went to that hair salon that day. Uh, fixing to get their hair done and because of my uh, complete void of coping skills to handle that situation uh, something blocked my rational thought that I always operated from you you got to take in mind that I've never been arrested I've never anything I mean this is my first and only crime in my life I've never been to court I'm not a repeat offender Mm -hmm. Uh, but nothing nothing prepared me for those emotions so I uh, you know something something blocked rational thought and I thought, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna erase the problem, and then, you know, going in there, I remember, you know, fully premeditated. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And based on the, uh, based on the analysis that I've, I've, with the criminal profilers I've dealt with, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to hurt. I wanted to hurt uh, as much as my little boy was being hurt. I wanted to take that hurt and subject it. Uh, to my what, what my wife, what my ex-wife held dearest, which was her place of business, her workplace, uh, her friends. Right. Uh, so therefore, that's the deep, that's the real deep root of of why the innocent people, right. why all the others and everything. And it was a Wednesday at one o'clock, and and God forbid if it would have been a Saturday, because there would have been hundreds of people dead. Right. You know. Cause so I basically, the, I, you just. You just snapped, and you wanted to take away what was dear to her because she was hurting what was dear to you. Exactly, ma'am. Exactly, and 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 you know, to sum it I up. remember, yeah, yeah, and I remember shortly after my after after that that sad sad event, I remember kind of coming coming down back down to earth, and people just coming by to see me in the county jail, and. As you can imagine, I got it pretty bad for about seven years in county jail because of the notoriety of my crime and because of the significance in the small town. Uh, I got it pretty bad, and, and that's, that's, that's another topic entirely. But uh, I remember a young man standing outside my door, and he just held up the front page of the newspaper, and it said, eight, uh, ex-wife and eight others dead, you know, that type of thing. And I was just like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, so... Uh, you might ask, you know, did you go insane or did you have a lapse of, I don't know what temporary insanity, I don't know what they call it, but I was, a, they asked me because, you know, naturally I was headed to California's death row because of the significance of this crime. Um, I remember them asking me at a, at a neurologist, where they hooked me up to machines and shit, they asked me, you know, those questions of like, uh, did you believe at any time you were shooting fruits and vegetables? Said, well, of course not. Did you fully grasp the idea that you were killing people or shooting people? And yes, they, they were people. I knew they were people, you know. And uh, but, 
but but at that point, sadly enough, you guys, sadly enough, at that instance, you know, empathy and compassion for other human beings, it was it was absolutely non-existent in me, which is which was just terrible because that's not the person I am. I mean, I'm not. It just it just sucks. It sucks because you know when you when you murder somebody, you take away you know you take away meaning you know from an unfinished life. You know somebody. Somebody had goals and dreams and purposes and stuff like that. So right. that's what sits There's the also the, heart. the ripple that's, effect because it affects their family and sure. their friends. For yeah. sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, I, and, 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 and the mentorship program that I'm involved now, we talk about the rip, ripple effect almost daily and every Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> Oddly enough, you guys and your listeners might find this odd, but I mean, for the last seven years, I've, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a certified facilitator for victims' awareness. And that's what we teach. That's what I teach. I teach victims awareness. I teach empathy. I teach compassion. I teach ripple cool. effect. I do awesome. it every every Saturday night. I do it, and every five days a week, I, I learn about it. And after this wow. mentorship program, I'll be able to go throughout the state of California and and uh, try and keep people from uh, you know reoffending and stuff and get their head right. You know. Wow. And now, okay, I want to clarify. You have life without parole, correct? I have my. As, as my paperwork reads, Tammy, my paperwork reads eight life without the possibility, eight life terms without the possibility of parole, plus, okay. 230, plus 230 years. Okay. So I, I wanted why, to make it clear that you'll do be that. doing this through the prison program where you'll be, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because when I was in prison, I was involved with what we called Life Track. That we actually went out to schools and different places to talk mm-hmm. to young kids who were showing like potential to we commit can't. crimes. So we did because, that to because, yeah. Right. Because of uh, because of not that I haven't been doing good things because I'm I'm recognized regularly for my positive behavior behind bars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I've never offended. I have no prison infractions. Right. Exactly. Since I arrived in prison. And, and and you guys probably have access to that kind of information, but the, I can't um, I can't leave the grounds. We, we they don't do that in California. Oh, okay. So they'll come they to you. They don't do that. In okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you, not only that, you're basically you're, you're teaching lower level lower level offenders right. uh, life skills, life skills, drug and alcohol right. uh, counseling. You know, uh, you know, the power of saying no, the power of you know relapse prevention, all the different things that that. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of wasted potential here. This is, this is, uh, in, in this prison where I'm at currently residing in, in Tehachapi, California, this yard that I'm on is, is amazing. This is nothing like where I came from. I spent the last six years down to SADF and Corcoran, and that place is wasted space. That's, that's just wasted space. That's just warehousing. This place got it right. They, they, they have programs seven days a week, uh, eight to ten hours a day. You can get college degrees here. You can do anything you want here. They promote, they promote rehabilitation on the highest level, and they make it. And and all the the stigmas you 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 think, I mean, it, it's almost null and void here. What you have here basically is a is an educational rehabilitative setting, not a bunch of guys walking around with with makeshift shanks in their pocket waiting to stab somebody. It's it's not like that. This right. is like school. This is like, and, this is like yeah, camp. trading drugs like and camp. trading sex and all that it's other stuff like that, that happens it's there. It's not yeah. like that. It is not like that at okay. all. And that's why and that's why Hollywood does the prison culture a disservice because they perpetuate they perpetuate that narrative of negativity and that's not what's taking place here. It's not right. what's taking place in most prisons. 
Yeah, because I was a big fan of Locked Up, not going to lie. And they visit a lot of show. California. Yeah, they visit a lot of California prisons. And yeah, they talked about some rehabilitation programs, but to hear that a whole facility is dedicated to that is an amazing Correct. thing. It, it is. They, they, the reason, and I, and I don't want to go down the political avenue, and I don't want right. to get all, you know, off, off base with what we're talking about, but the reason they don't come to California is because California is at the forefront of rehabilitation. We are, I mean, there, there's guys, there's guys that I teach, there's guys that I learn from uh, that have had LWAP sentences commuted. There's a guy that is, I'm wow. looking at him right now, he's, 30 feet away, he, he was a, a known Aryan Brotherhood associate wow. for decades, and now he is he had his LWAP sentence commuted by Governor Newsom. He's going home. He has a date. They're just, he's just waiting for wow. him to open the, open, the, open the gate. There's guys that are from California's death row. I mean, uh, all the different classifications that land you at, 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 in California's death row that are now life without, that are right. uh, turning it, in commutation it's been commuted, papers. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean... The way California works now is you can turn in a commutation, and all of our sentences, if you turn in a commutation, all of your sentences, by law, have to be reviewed. Say, okay, wait, look, this guy's been behind bars for 25 years. He has zero prison infractions. He's involved in XYZ rehabilitative programming. He's a, he can, he's proved that he's a good member. For me personally, Tammy and Scott, I'm just waiting. I'm just hoping that someday... I get the opportunity to go before the parole board and, and, and say, hey, look, right. this is me. This is who I am. This is this is what, what, wow. what I'm about. If not, if not, and I've told a lot of people that, if not, then I understand the severity. I can't imagine right. the victim's families ever giving me any leniency. Right. I can't imagine them ever wanting me to take a breath of free air. Wow. You know, I understand that. I, I get that. But if that is the case and I never get out, then I'll just be the best possible version of myself in here, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. That's a that's a good thing. Wow. I can teach people here. I can. You know what I mean? Does that make sense to you guys? Totally. And you Very know what? So, and yeah. I'll probably Scott will probably agree with me here that if that ever happens, let us know and we'll advocate for you as long as you continue. <laughs> no, that. seriously, because we're doing that with somebody else that. You yeah, know, it's going yeah. up for uh, what's it called a mitigation hearing soon. Right, yeah, right. As a matter of fact, I'm yeah. going to throw a, I'm going to throw a better offer out there, and uh, just for our listeners and you, so it's on the record. If they do commute yours, because you and I have this call about, and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Because I I know how much good you've been doing. I'll be there to pick yeah. you up myself, dude. And look, <laughs> job offer, Scott. Yeah, matter of fact, I'll yeah, no I'll, I'll employ you because I actually own. I own a company called Twisted Blue LLC, yeah. and we're working with another guy and, for this. But, yeah, uh, and that way you don't yeah. have to worry about going out and trying to find a job be- after being in prison for so long, because I know what that's like. You know, it's yeah, hell, you know, and it's still hell after 30 years. That's really thoughtful. That's yeah. really thoughtful. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, the best thing The best thing that guys, um, guys can get behind bars is advocacy and uh, kindness from the outside world. Exactly. The one, as, Tammy, as somebody that's been behind bars, uh, <laughs> The worst thing about doing time is not really the time, not the the the, the day no. after day, the week after week. The worst thing about doing time is the the, the lack of human connection with other people. Like, right. For example, you know, if you're married, you know, you're not laying down going to bed. But then again, you know, uh, uh, proponents or opponents of, of of violent crime or victim, uh, you know, survivors of violent crime, like my like my victims, you know, was, I don't I don't get that opportunity with my cousin or my sister or my wife or my brother, and, and I get that. I totally get that, and that's uh, 
what I'm stating for you and for your listeners is, is that is the worst part about doing time. And a lot of people right. might say, well, good, good, you should suffer, you know, and, that, and then that goes right. down to the, the retributional mindset. But yeah, I actually had that discussion that with my cousin when I was in Iowa a few weeks ago because he was like, because I visited a condemned prison that's now a tourist attraction because it's supposed to be haunted. Um, cause I love that kind of crap. Um, but we had a conversation cause I was like the way these inmates were treated was inhumane. He goes, well, I don't it believe is. inmates should be treated, you know, with any kind of respect. I said, wait a minute. They're not animals. They're people. They are not their crime. Yes. They committed a crime. Yes. They did bad, but technically they aren't their crime until they prove they are. You know what I mean? <coughs> I so, do, Tammy, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. And yeah, I debate that all the time. I appreciate you know? that, and maybe this will help you if, if you've never spoken these words, if you've never put this out there to your listeners and stuff. You know, um, people people really would have a change of heart if it was their husband or their son that committed a crime. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally, 100%. So, you know, so you, I, I, I get it. Believe me, uh, as you can possibly... You have 60 seconds remaining. Do you like me to call you back again? Please. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, I, please. All right, I'll give you a call. Hang on, guys. All right, thanks. <laughs> so I want to lead in with a, with a little story about myself to kind of explain what you were feeling at the time. And it's this right here. So um, I drove over the road for a company for several years. And uh, long story short, my son's mom left when he was like six months old. So it's just Jake and I on a truck. Like, yeah. And Jake was like four. And we're in a truck stop um, in Indiana. We're going to get ready to take, go take a shower, right? And I'm walking in, and another truck driver thought it'd be funny to jump out and grab my son and scare him. And my brain automatically went into lion mode. Belted the dude, yeah. beat the shit out of him, and the cops t- show up, and they take Jake and I to jail. And meanwhile, Jake and I are sitting there. They tell me that adult services are the family services is coming down. And I'm, I just ask him, just please let my son stay with me and, you know, until they get there because I don't want him to be scared. My saving grace was this driver did come in, and I'd b- broken his nose, and he said, no, this was my fault. I thought it was be- would be funny. No, I don't want to press charges, and we were released. Thank goodness. So I totally understand what it is like to protect your child, and a lot of people out there don't. You know, they'll, well, what he did was wrong. Maybe he should try this and that, but y'all, Mr. DeCry has try- tried everything. Before this went yeah. down, now we're not justifying what you did by any means, but of course yeah. not. There's a fucking limit to what a parent can take when it comes to protecting their child. Totes, yeah. totes, my goats, <laughs> my goats. But yeah, I mean, there's <coughs> when you have that bond with a child, and with women, usually it's a stronger bond because we carry that child for nine months inside of us. You know, yes, we ma'am. feel it develop and everything. Unfortunately, yeah, I, and this I, I, is sad to say, yeah. that some women don't have that ability to have that bond. And I have family yeah. members that didn't have that, and it it scares me. You know. Well, Tammy, well, Tammy, yeah. if I can, if I can, if I can paint paint uh, a little more background. Oh yeah, totally. In your listeners, with regards to that right there. You see, my ex-wife had t- two grown children from the. When I met her, I met her in front of my house, sitting on the sand, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, uh, typical Southern California beach bunny, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I was about thirty years old uh, when I met her. I only knew her for about three months when she got pregnant. Um, she had two grown children. She had children that were seventeen and, and, and eighteen years old when when my son was born. 
oh, uh, wow. Dominic was born. You see, so as soon as Dominic came out of her womb, uh, I could already tell the disconnect. And, and, and even when mm-hmm. we got home from the hospital, you know, that's like all big moments. The first time in a car seat. Oh, totally. The first time you smell the body. And this is my first child, first and only child. So I immediately established a connection. And, and, and her disconnect was, was uh, from the gate, as we say in, in prison. And you see, she, she used things like, you go ahead and raise she didn't even refer to him by name. She would say things like, you raised this one, I've already raised two. It's your turn. Learn how to do it. And nobody, I, I didn't learn any tips, as I, I shared with you before. I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't have parenting skills. My parents were absent in my life. I was raised by grandparents who basically just gave, put clothes on my back, and if I needed something, they handed me a 20 or more. And, you know, get out, get out, go play. Well, there's a huge generational gap. So once my ex-wife started saying, like, you take care of this one, I immediately went into, you know, Mr. Mom type mode. Exactly. And I, I, spent, I spent every waking moment. I was, I, was, I was a very involved parent for the first seven years of my child's life. And, uh, you know, if, if he needed a skateboard, I had to give him two because, you know, what's, what's better than one? And, two, right? <laughs> exactly. and, and, and one I, might I, get lost or and, broken, right? That's right. That's so, right so, there. And, and not, He's not a boy, that, yeah. That, yeah, and not that. Yeah, and exactly, Tammy. And he was a boy, so so the thing is, is is uh, she made it crystal clear that that it was to be on me. And you have this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And you have to throw in that in t- February 2007, I, w- I suffered an on-the-job injury in the Coast Guard. I suffered an on-the-job injury when my coworker was killed in my arms. Her name was Piper Cameron. She was oh a, a deckhand. We were doing an open ocean oil transfer, and she was killed in my arms. And to keep her from drifting off the sea, I laid her on the deck, and then the wire went through my femur and shot my my tibia through the bottom of my foot, ending my maritime career exclusively. So, with that being said, my ex-wife, even though we were already separated, like home about four months separated, I was living in a hotel room, actually, and uh, I had nowhere to go. And uh, they... they, uh, she saw dollar signs because you knew that the, a government settlement was going to come and whatnot. And per state of California's laws, uh, once you're out of the house, uh, separation is is fine. You know, uh, there's that's that's the moment. The moment. So once right. she found out, once she found out that she was not entitled to any of my government uh, uh, settlement for my on-the-job injury uh, where my coworker was killed, uh, she became hostile. She became hostile. Wow. And, and, and like I said, I, I fell in love with my caregiver that was assigned to me for the injury I just described to you. So that's kind of the dynamic. Right. So even more separation was taking place with my little boy. And, and then, then came the physical. Then came the physical. And when the right. physical started, when the physical started, CPS got involved, started paying visits to her workplace, which is embarrassing, right? I can imagine she was being embarrassed, just creating more hatred and more animosity and more... It, it didn't... Basically... You had you had two parents, two parents that were not co-parenting me and my ex-wife, and we were looking over the top of my child's head. I thought I was providing a better, more stable platform because it looked like a stable platform: house, stepmom, pool in the backyard, little league coach, PTA, volunteering at school. On optics, it was all there. But the fighting between me and her and, and trying to get her to keep her hands off, off her boy, because she didn't have anybody but, but the alcohol. She didn't have any, any relief. She didn't have a, a, a support team around her. I did. 
So they okay. So they didn't offer her resources, is what you're saying? I don't know what they offered her, but every oh, okay. time they every time Child Protective Services showed up at her house, she was like she just slammed the door facade, and she was combative. Right? She was combative, oh, and gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. all those things, all those things. So the the can, uh, uh, metaphorically speaking, the can just kept getting kicked down the road. And then on you know October twelfth, two thousand eleven, enough was enough. Enough was enough, right. and 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 uh, you know the the words of uh, you know, Daddy, protect me, Daddy, I'm scared. Why is yeah, Daddy, do this? help me? It just kept I mean, ringing yeah. in my ear. It just kept ringing right. in my ear, and the and and the guilt inside me. And the, bear in mind that this was already taking place for like eight months. So for eight months, every week when it was my turn to take him to school, I'm like, okay, how bad is it going to be this time? Is he going to be safe for the next three days? And then he'd come to my house. I'd do a body check, and he'd have a new set of bruises. I'd look at him and put his. And did you document eyes. them with photos and everything? Of course, all okay. of that. Well, no, that. yeah, I just wanted and, to like give, make that clear with our audience that you were yeah, on top of and, it, trying to get protection for totally, your son. And, totally. And, and you know, child exactly protective service CPS did really nothing to help you. And here's where the story gets really crazy. This, you know, after after my crime, the the agent. Uh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say the agent's name. Over the, no, over probably the not. I mean, we try okay. to keep confidentiality okay. well, unless well, he's been convicted thing. of anything. Yeah. Okay, so here, here, here's 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 where the shock value in the story, the plot thickens, so to speak. Um, you know, I avoided the death penalty and all that because of illegal use of informants, withholding of evidence, and government misconduct. That's why I did not go to California's death row. That's why I was given eight life terms. They didn't want to tell the public or potential jurors the person I was. They wanted to paint the narrative. Because when you kill eight people, there's an image. You understand? I'm sure you know right. that. I'm sure your listeners understand that. But I wasn't that. I was an enigma. I was a co- former Coast Guard captain. I was a literally coach. Yeah, I was this, I you was didn't that. fit the profile. I, I wasn't a... I wasn't a shit-smearing pentagram drawer. You understand? Right. You know, yeah, I you didn't fit any a... typical profile of that type okay. of crime. Correct yeah. again. Correct. Yeah. So, the sad, the... This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And I just found out about this last October. This is part of the evidence that was withheld for, from the public for years. Is the, the, the Child Protective Service agent that was in charge of my case uh, committed suicide two weeks after my crime. Oh, my goodness. Holy You're shit. kidding. Yeah. Yeah, she 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 took her own life out of guilt and oh. shame and and all that, and that that was also withheld from the public for obvious reasons because the public would have viewed that as you know she didn't do her job and so on and so forth. And it would right. have well, had it never gone to jury trial or he, something. Exactly. Well, and to let our listeners know a comparison, because we just covered a case in Illinois about a young five-year-old boy who was abused by his parents and CPS kept said they did all these home visits like scheduled and unscheduled and they said there's yeah. documentation but it didn't like line up with anything that made sense and everything yeah. was fine so they kept dismissing the cases and this little boy ended up being beat to death and you know in hidden and they had the whole community looking for him so to compare that it's like People try, DCS sometimes fails our system. I mean, our system fails our children, and it's unfortunate. they do. And we are are trying to bring light to that, because that's why we featured that case. We had a listener that said, hey, can you cover this? I really appreciate that. So this is kind of in line with that, that, you know, you tried everything you could as a parent legally through the system, and the system failed. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, you are correct. And they, yeah. and they withheld they withheld all those documents, all those photos, oh all those uh, things, all the pediatrician statements, all the mm-hmm. doctors' uh, reviews each and every time. You know, his broken wrist was linked back to his mother's maltreatment and so on and so forth. All right. that was And it was like a spiral fracture, too. So you knew it was caused by abuse, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, because I want to make that clear to our listeners, it's like there are certain injuries that you know are caused by abuse, and not by accident. So. Yes, ma'am. So yeah. Yes, I, I appreciate you guys shedding light on that because, uh, you know, um, the the unfortunate chain of events that led led me to take innocent yeah. lives and and life behind bars uh, is is sad. I mean, had 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 uh, I don't want to point fingers. Or minimize anything, and I hope anybody right. listening no. take my, my Yeah, because we don't condone what you did either. We don't. Of course, of course but, not. And I, I just, yeah. I just hope that I hope that people realize that if, if you know, if, if someone, if someone's asking for help, it doesn't matter what they look like, what their background is, what economic status they come from, to try and give that person some help. And and because I, uh, because of the abuse was coming at the hands of the woman and not a man. Uh, Orange County Protective Services decided that it uh, didn't take precedence, and it was, it was severe enough. It was severe enough where uh, I had just uh, at the at the time of my crime, I had already had a domestic violence restraining order in the in the system, uh, and it had uh, it was just coming down the pipeline where my son was going to live with me full time. But uh, the unbearable uh, right. feelings I had, I didn't know how to cope with, took precedence to that. And I went to her place of business, as you know, and I, and I took the innocent lives of people. That right. Yeah. So no, I, I, I totally really understand what you're saying. Because, like I said, you tried to get, you tried to do it legally through the system. And unfortunately, the system failed. And you felt this was your only option at the time. Yeah. At that, that, that time. In itself, yeah. It, so. And that in itself. I mean, had, had, had people around me. Had people mm-hmm. around me, you know, say, hey, you know, maybe you should go talk to somebody, a men's group, a, a abused. I don't even know if they have those kind of groups. I've never heard of one, you know. Uh, no, not really. Abused children. You know, you don't hear of that. So had, had, somebody, had somebody pointed me in a direction other than to a psychiatrist that was treating me for my PTSD from having my coworker killed in my arms, who every time I said something to him, he would just give me a different color pill. You know, had somebody right. giving me some sound, some sound, logical, compassionate, empathetic advice regarding the specific situation, none of this would ever happen. And, and it's, it is really sad. Right. Looking back at it through a through a really, really crystal clear uh, microscope, because at the time, obviously, because of the uh, you know prescription medications I was taking for my injury, uh, the anti anxiety, anti this, anti that, anti depression, the the stuff that they were clearly clouded right. judgment or I would have taken innocent lives uh you know and once again that's not to minimize but 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 yeah no. looking back on it I just wish I just wish I would have had uh known where to look or had the option you have yeah. 60 seconds remaining like resources people yeah yeah so do you guys yeah. need me to continue do you need of me to course. call back yes you, have more questions? you know what as long got, as you can I, call us call us yeah I will talk <laughs> okay, to you all have, day I'll give you a call all day back. <laughs> Go ahead, get some questions. I'll get you. I'll get you caught back. Yeah, we'll get gotcha. you. All right, welcome back, Scott. Thanks. Yeah, so so 
you know, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to, to speak um, to the outside world and, and, and share my story. And all I can hope, you know, as, as, as you guys have stated, all I can hope is that, you know, this sheds light on something that may help somebody down the road. I, I hope that this isn't just a, a shock and awe moment for people. I hope that uh, this opportunity you know, afforded to me to talk to, to, talk to you folks and, and convey what happened uh, in my tale, my, my story. Um, I hope that it helps somebody, and I hope so. I really do because... Oh, we do uh, too. There's, there, yeah. You know, you know, Tammy, you know, Scott, I, I don't mean to sound cheeseball or corny or, or come up with a fake little, you know, pre, prefabricated statements, but, uh, you know, personally myself i'm i'm not a violent i'm not a not a scary individual i i enjoyed serving my country i enjoyed being alive i've traveled all over the globe i did a lot of things in my life because of good choices and good behavior and you know going to the maritime academy and getting my captain's license and and traveling and working for different maritime companies and whatnot but you know prison is is a is, it has a lot of finality to it you know but things are changing and it can only be undone through through good deeds, a good behavior, and a, and a, and a proper mindset. So, I hope that uh, the people listening and that you guys know that uh, you know uh, nobody deserves to be cast away. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And totally. I totally agree. And I actually, I'm I'm loving what California is doing with their prison system because, okay, so like when when I'm talking to um, a, uh, a you know like 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 other people who are incarcerated. For example, like um, like Todd Colep, for example, we right, talked to him totally. a lot, and he's actually co-hosted the show a few times. He's yeah. hilarious, um, dude. Yeah. Uh, and matter of fact, even Monk Steppenwolf, uh, who's a he's a very notorious. Uh, I know who he is. Okay, yeah, I, I talked to Monk quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's in the book. He's in the book that I participated in with Briar. Right, right, right. Um, really nice guy as well. But um, Monk and I, especially, have been talking about their. The, the mindset of a lot of prisons is they, they, they say it's supposed to be disciplinary to teach you not to do it again. However, most prisons are focused on vengeance is what it comes down to. Uh, like, retribution. Retribution yes. is a better way to put it. Yeah, No, exactly. That's it right there. Retribution. Instead of teaching yeah, life skills yeah. and, and, and rehabilitate. Yeah, they're re- they are recidivism and not rehabilitation. Yes. Yes. It's like it's a listen, re- they listen. encourage a revolving door. Yeah. Listen, it, it goes back it goes back back to how our parents taught us as a kid. If you're beating a kid for bad behavior, constantly enforcing that physical violence is the answer to a problem, you're only reinforcing that person's choice to choose physical violence later on in life when a conflict right. arises so exactly. here what here what's taking place is we're reprogramming our minds we're reprogramming the mindset of the human being who was raised guys that were raised in abusive households poverty and whatever whatever all kinds of different walks of life that led them to this point but but it, the way that they're doing it it's based on compassion and empathy nothing good comes from from hurting someone you're not going to get good results. You're not going to get maximum potential from a human being if you beat them to a pulp or withhold showers or withhold human contact or withhold food. You know, I can't imagine that torture, I mean, that, that, 
there's no no torture. It's, how 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 does that help? How does that help? And I know what's going on in other states. I know what's going on in other states. I get a lot of periodicals that talk about terms of incarceration. I write articles for different publications and whatnot and let them know, just like I have you folks about what's going on in California. But uh, it, it's better. It's, it's better on a human level here. Uh, humanely speaking. Uh, not everybody is, is, is broken. I mean, it, there's a statistic that just came out, and it, it's mind-boggling, and I hope your listeners can, can, can think about this. In California, it's, it's so unique to, to the rest of the country. In California, 90%, 90% of all convicts in California will be home someday. They're getting out. Because wow. of good behavior, positive. So wow. currently, I'm in the ten. Currently, I'm in the ten percent because I don't have a, a parole right. board date. Right. But because of the new laws that are changing, getting rid of ridiculous sentencing laws or or gang, uh, uh, you know, gang enhancements. You know, where if you were in a criminal street right. gang and you committed a crime, you get an extra twenty five years. Twenty five. Right. Years is a it's like yeah, it's called the. I can't remember. It's. Like the gang tag or something like it's something it's, like this. Like if you're a known, yeah, there you go. It's yes. part of if it's you're a, a known gang member, then your sentence is enhanced because it's like yes, the ma'am. special yes, circumstances yes, for gang, death row. Yeah, it's a it's a special circum. It's a gang enhancement. Yeah, it's penal code one eighty six point two two A or B. And it means if you committed your crime for the benefit of a criminal street organization, you immediately get first offense twenty five years on top of your base term. And it's ridiculous. You're throwing away a life. There are countless men right here. There are countless men. The majority of prisoners in California were former members of, Cal- of, of, of criminal street organizations, whether it was the northern faction of the Mexican Mafia or the southern faction of the Mexican Mafia or uh, white supremacist factions of, of, of various uh, you know, skinheads. Or, or This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Wherever your warped ideologies uh, uh, lean, uh, but the bottom line is, is with regards to sentencing, if you committed your crime for the benefit of your gang, you you get 25 years on top of your base term. That's that's the fact, and they're changing that as we speak. Just like they're changing, they're changing, they're changing the laws for guys that got a life term and weren't even the trigger man. They were the they were the they were what they called. The crimey, the you know, the co-conspirator of a, right. of a violent act. Yeah, the know. co-defendant or the accessory. Not, yeah, correct. Yeah, accessory. California has yeah. lot, very, very strict sentencing laws, and that's all being turned on its head right now. Are they There's changing the three strikes or outlaw too? Yes, but yes, they're they're they're, they're, okay, they're, good. they're getting away. They're going they're going away with getting away with nonviolent felons. And the, the, the district attorney that, that just was elected two years ago down in, in Los Angeles, California, uh, his name is George Gascon. Uh, he's turned the criminal justice system on his head. He's, 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 a, he's a maverick. He's a legendary. He is a, a revolutionary with regards to criminal justice reform. And he is changing the, the optics of, of moving forward of terms of incarceration. I mean, there are guys in here still that have been thrown away since the crack epidemic that basically got a life sentence for, for a thumb-sized piece of crack cocaine. Right. Yeah, because I know somebody who got sentenced to life without parole because of the three strikes or outlaw because somebody that he hired stole an item and stored it on his property and that technically violated his parole. So he didn't even commit a new crime. They just, you know, he was an accessory after the fact, according to them, even though he didn't know it was there. And yeah, yeah, he took the deal because he didn't want to, you know what I mean? And 
his wife actually stands behind him and it's been televised and stuff because it happens to be the lady for from Pitbulls and Parolees, her husband down yes, there. Ma'am. And they moved to Louisiana. Yes, and it to me it's like, you know, when you look at stuff like that, it's wrong. If he would have committed a new violent crime, I get it. But just because okay. it was on his property, even though his property was huge and he had no knowledge of it, to violate his parole and give him life without parole behind that is i think is wrong you know just like yeah Yeah. and the extreme sentencing they have in florida is beyond you know it's horrible horrible don't even uh, give me start up in california florida's extreme sentencing is disgusting so you guys california obviously you got your finger on the pulse of of prison prison issues uh clearly (laughs) you do because it's your business uh california and florida uh have have some pretty archaic uh, uh, sentencing rules, but mm-hmm. the, the, but you have to look at things. I mean, this is you have to look at things with the bright side moving forward for humanity. You have to look on the bright side instead of seeing someone the negative and someone try and see the positive. You know, that's what we're trying to change here. You know, in, in California, and that's what's going on. I mean, you can't. You know, an 18-year-old kid that commits a crime for the benefit of a street gang, you know, he thinks that he, he, he succumbs to peer pressure. This is a typical ideology, you know, 18-year-old kid succumbs to peer pressure, joins a street gang so he can find friendship and companions. They they lead him to rob a liquor store. He pulls the trigger and hurts a, 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 a clerk behind the liquor store. That kid's washed up by California sentencing laws. That kid's one mistake cost him the rest of his life behind the wires. That kid's never going to get a chance of going to school. That kid's never going to get a chance. I'm surrounded by people that that exact story has happened to. Right. I'm, I'm surrounded I'm surrounded by individuals who committed their crimes before the age of 18 that have no chance at freedom. They've been in prison. I, I, there are guys that yeah. I sit side by side with in my group that have been in prison for 25, 30 years that pulled the trigger on a gun one time and they're still sitting here. Wow. Wow. You know I mean? So so it, it's it's pretty heavy duty. But yeah, you guys you guys mentioned that you wanted to maybe ask me about something about the LWAP group and stuff, what's going on here. Exactly. Go ahead, yes. Scott. You know more about Please. this than I do because you've been yeah. Tell us about the LWAP program. Dude, I've been looking at the uh, at the website, at the at the Facebook thing. It yes, is sir. it is a it, it's a wonderful Dude, he's so, okay, he's cool. so polite. Yes, cool. sir. So, <laughs> I love so, it. I told you, I love talking to you. So, so you guys you guys saw my picture on there. You saw my bio. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the bottom of the hour at 930, I'm going to go to that OWAP meeting every Saturday at 930. We meet, and uh, we're getting more and more guys that are joining. And, you know, we got a handful. There's about six condemned uh, California death row prisoners in the, in the unit that I live in. Like I said, the guy on the phone behind me is, is from California's death row. Uh, and and uh, he's in the group and stuff. And we just recently sent out about 30, 35 pieces of art. Uh, I included about 10 of my pieces, similar to the ones that I sent you, Scott. Uh, and there's a there's a hospital uh, ward in Colton, California, uh, that we're in contact with that are using um, our handicrafts as motivational, uh, inspirational things for the children with. Uh, terminal illnesses and things to pep, put a little pep in their step, oh. and knowing that it came from knowing that it came from people that are living behind bars kind of provides a little bit of extra inspiration to these young people that feel like they have no that they're not going to make it and stuff like that. So anytime we can anytime we can reach out to people on the streets that have that feeling of hopelessness, have that feeling of you know uh, being alone, 
that's where we step in. We step in, and uh, just recently, uh, the, the the female prisoners at Chowchilla, where they hold the female death row inmates, they are linked into our our uh, lives worthy of purpose. That's the name of our organization. It's it's on Facebook. Uh, lives worthy of purpose. L W O P. L W O P. Lives worthy of purpose. We our our whole mission statement. We believe that all all lives are worthy of purpose. All lives are capable of change. So we established a, a grassroots thing here at Tehachapi, where I live, uh, where I reside, and uh, you know I'm 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 instrumental in preaching that uh, that ideology of change and positive uh, reinforcement and 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 boosting a man up as opposed to kicking him down. You know, a lot of these, a lot of people in this environment didn't grow up with much positive reinforcement. You know, they didn't have a hey great job. You know, all they. All they were ever told was they were no good, they were pieces of shit, and, and all these things. And we're trying to change that narrative, you know, and we have the platform now uh, where we can spread that. And there's a, there's a few different organizations throughout the country that have joined on that uh, on that Facebook page and, and, and our website and, uh, you know, uh, chime in. And cause some, of the, some of the bios that some of the men have written have pretty strong testimonials, you know, pretty strong testimonials, you know, and... Uh, if it can provide inspiration to anybody, that's a, that's a win, right? I mean, that's how I see it. Totally. Yeah, I always say if you can help one person by, you know, reaching out like, you know, you're doing and, you know, like Scott and I try to do with this program and everything with the information we provide. Sure. If you can reach one person, just one person to keep them, you know, to change their life in some way for the positive, then what you're doing is worth it. You know? I've sure. always yeah, said that. I worked well with said. youth that's groups and well. everything. And, I mean, I told Scott about one of the teenagers I used to work with. When he ran away from home, he actually called had 60 me seconds remaining. knowing I had to turn okay, in. So, yeah. You guys, I can, I can do, uh, if, if it's okay with you guys, if, I, I can do. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I can do one more phone call before I have to go to my, uh, my men's group, my, my LWAP meeting. Uh, awesome. That's okay with you guys. We can totally. do one more round, okay? Awesome. Yeah, that's right, good. Totally. Thanks, Scott. All right, hang on. I think this is one of our very first serious fucking Oh, yeah, totally. Podcasts. That You know, yeah, we touch on his crime, but we're also touching on, you know, the failure of the system and how rehabilitation is important. Right. You know, which is... Things that we've talked about a lot on our show. So. He must have ESP. He answered every fucking question I wrote. Oh, well, did he, like, read? But, oh, no, he didn't get the questions, did he? He didn't get the questions. Dude, he's, like, freaking awesome. I, and I I meant it, man. If he gets out, we're going Two, down there. 100. 100. Just like if I have to fly out or fly you out, one of us has to fly out to pick up Josh. Call from Norco Conservation Camp Number Zero. Shut that off, please. To accept, press one. This is Global Tell Link. You have a prepaid call from Scott the Cry, an inmate at the California Correctional Institution, Tehachapi, California. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. To accept this call, say or dial 5. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. All right. Welcome back. Okay. Yeah. What's up, you guys? Hey, so uh, 
Uh, we were talking about the uh, the LWAP group. Yeah. Right. Good, man. One of my one of my partners right here is standing in front of me. He's uh, he's one of the guys that's in the LWAP group with me. He's a former gang member. He just got a nice little haircut. He looks pretty good. I'm doing nice. <laughs> and they were we're talking about our group, our LWAP group, and the. And he says hello. <laughs> hey. Tell him, Shout out. Hey. Tom, he's more than welcome to call and email me, too. That's right. We reach out oh, to cool. everybody. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. You know, this young man, this young man is a, a legitimate, uh, uh, he's a good dude. I've become real close with him. He's a, he's a former gang member, grew up in the uh, the... Uh, the gang life, and he denounced his gang, and he was actually, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but in our building, we also have uh, the dog program. We oh, have I love that, that program. We have, yeah, we have convicts, and he's he's involved in that. Awesome. Uh, we have convicts that are uh, raising raising dogs, service dogs, yeah. uh, to, to eventually go out and help people with disabilities. Uh, they go to everybody from people, uh, they don't go to one specific place, they go far and wide, and um, my friend Bobby here, he's uh, he's he's involved in it. He's just a good-natured dude. Realized he made a mistake right. and is positive moving forward. So see, and it'd be important that. to talk to him to learn about you know what why he chose to go in the gang and why he chose to leave. Actually, the gang. I was just gonna yeah. ask what, I'll, I'll what is his him, name. I'll give him, I, I will send I'll him give, an email. Yeah, I'll what's give his him right. full Bobby. name? I'll get it for you. I'll send a. I'll send you a. Yeah, because. Name. Hang on a second. Hey, my boy, if people want to talk to you about about your former thing, they want to get your information, they're going to send you an email. Okay. Hello? Hey, how's it going, man? Dude. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. God, they just cut it off. Uh, how you doing, bro? Oh, pretty good, Dude, pretty good. Is your name Robert or Bobby? For wheels. Yeah, it's Robert. It's Robert, but uh, they call me they call me Bobby. That's my nick- my nickname. Like I, I grew up grew up with the name. Okay, so cool. under the prison system, your name's Robert. What's your last name? Actually, so I got a better. I got a better way to do it. I got a better way to do it. Have right. Scott send oh, yeah. me your SID totally. number. Totally, one hundred. And we will send you an email because I would love to have you on the show as well because this is. Yeah, because your past and future is very important to what we're trying to get across okay, to our bro. listeners. I, and and, yeah. and, I, and I appreciate that a lot, man. I, like I've been talking to Scott; he's a good dude, and and like I said, all this change we've made is like it's it's, it's awesome. magnificent. It's like we've done so much things, you know. But I'll totally. give it to him, and that was a lot easier. Awesome. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, I, I appreciate you guys, uh, and you guys have a good one, okay? You hey, too. You too, man. Okay. Dude. Dude, reaching out to one person at a time, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I actually hooked yeah, up with okay. an inmate in San Quentin because of a glitch in the phone system, and yeah, he got cool. out recently, and he still texts and calls me, so yeah. You yeah, know. I'm a, uh, I'll get his information, and I'll send it to you in the, on the yeah, little machine there. Totally. Yeah, totally. And you know what would be kind of cool, too, is you were saying about, you know, reaching out. I don't know how you guys do it, what your format is and whatnot, and I'm definitely not trying to um, no. do any kind of minimizing. But if you could be so kind as uh, during your show or whatever, if you could provide your listeners with a way to get in touch with me, you know, just like anybody else, I like getting mail, you know. <laughs> oh, 100, like 100, like, totally. You know what I mean? So if you could give everybody my specifics. Uh, so they could write me, or, or, or if they wanted to reach out to me, or get even get on my contact list on the Global Telling on my tablet. Right. You know, I got I got time for people. I mean, I I 
I don't, I'm not a negative, I'm not talking about the negative, I'm not going to try no. to, believe me, you're not going to, I'm not trying to get into glorification of I taking just, into And you're not going to hit on trying. him and propose to him out of the blue and all that yeah, crap, I'm right? Yeah, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really down with that. I'm into, I'm into, awesome. having, uh, I'm into having positive bonds with people that, that understand the value right. of human life. And, and, right. And, you know, and and I'm not a super spiritual person, but I'm not against any of it. So if anybody right. wants to reach out to me and, and, and start a dialogue and, and ask questions, real honest, truthful questions, yeah. not some, you know, not some gore junkies that want to know specifics about what dead bodies look like and shit. Yeah, I, that's, I, I would love yeah, to, no. I would love to talk to, to talk to some sensible people about mm-hmm. anything from prison reform to, to, you know, surfing. I don't, I, yeah. I got a pretty broad spectrum in my, my toolkit. Right. Well, and that's something that a lot of our listeners value is they like to get to know the person like we do. You know, yeah, I and, got no problem with that. Yeah, and they yeah, like totally makes... text us or like send us links to things like if it like totally is like against the person, like you know, for instance, I'm okay with that. Another too. inmate I'm okay is with like that. if they see that, they literally send us a link and say, "Listen to this bullshit or read this crap." <laughs> I am. So, I am. Yeah. I am absolutely. I am absolutely all day, every day, open to criticism and hate. If I can have a right. conversation with somebody that has needs to get something off their chest and right. if there's something that I've done that there's something that I've done that is relatable to them or they lost a family member or anything, right. I would exactly. hope that they would reach out to me and maybe that would give them some relief by getting that off yeah, their chest. I'm okay with all yeah. that. I'm, I'm totally cool with any of that. That cleansing process, that healing process is necessary for all of us. And, you know, and, and are you and okay that, with them saying, hey, I heard this or read this. Is this, you know, yes. is this what really happened? Or, you know, absolutely. Is this, yeah, because we value if your anybody, transparency. You are showing us yeah. that you're like going to be completely honest and transparent with us. Yeah, so you our know, listeners there, there's need to know not, that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Tammy. That's cool because, um, you know, I'm at a point in my life, I'm 54 years old, and this is my life now. I've lived a long, uh, adventurous life. I've done a lot of things like we spoke on before, but this is my life now, and I'm not going to treat it lightly. I'm not going to treat it any differently than my zest for, for being in charge of the delivering oil vessels through the Panama Canal for, for a shipping company. You know, I, 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 I value life and I value people, so if anybody wants to get reach me, you know, get at me and talk to me, uh, I'm, I'm open, you know, male or female, I don't care. It's, it's I just, uh, I got time. I got time for anybody that, that, that is, has, a, has, a, has something between their ears and they want to talk, you know. <laughs> now, can I ask you one question before we get cut off again for the day? Do you have contact with your son now? Not yet, ma'am, but, not yet, but. Okay. Over the years, naturally, over the years, naturally, I've written thousands of letters, pictures, right. artwork, everything like that. He recently, he recently, I got him, I, uh, through third party, I got him my, uh, got him a visitor's form. He filled it out. He's awesome. 19 now. And, and okay, 19-year-old good. kids, I mean, you got to understand, he's a 19-year-old boy who grew up without either of his parents, right. kind of raised collectively by a community, by his half-sister, stepsister, one of the adult children from my ex-wife that I described earlier in your right. show. Right. Uh, and, and, and he basically, as soon as he turned 18, he, he did what he wanted. He's out and about. He's awesome. through third party. I've, I've found out what he's doing. Hopefully someday he'll be ready to reconnect, but it's on his terms. Right. I understand. 
I can't even grasp what it must have been like for him growing up with a father. Which right. Is, is well, exactly. And knowing, but knowing that you did it to protect him, but at the same yes, time, he, you took yourself away listen, from him, you know? Listen, Tammy, listen, it, maybe this will be something that you can, yeah. that we can show with. And I'll tell you something. Shortly after my crime, and I mean hours after my crime, bear in mind he was a seven-year-old boy, okay? Right. Seven-year-old Police officers don't need to be talking to a seven-year-old boy. Right. First of all, the Orange County Sheriff's Department went directly to my little boy, and they asked him. I, I got the tape. I heard the tape when I was still in county jail back there in Orange County. My, my attorney finally got a hold of it as part of the, the discovery. And they says, young man, do you know what your daddy did? And he said, I, I, my daddy killed my mommy. And they went so far as to ask, well, do you know why? And he said, she was hurting me. Wow. And that was also just to substantiate the, the dynamics of this, this story, oh that God. that was also part of the evidence that they withheld from the public and potential jurors to get me up on the shelf on California's death row. So, you know, those that's all of that was all the stuff that was withheld from the public. But yeah, that's factual and he knows and he had to grow up with that. So he probably right. grew up with shame right. and guilt and you know, he probably felt like some of it was his fault, which was absolutely not. Hell you know no, it's not mind. his fault. Of course not, of course not. And, and, but, you know, I, I respect my little boy, and I'll always be his father. He was the most wonderful little fellow. And I, I, just yesterday we were doing part of, uh, part of our class, we were doing parenting, and I was describing to the people that have never had children what it was like to give my little boy his first bath in a, in a, in a, in a fruit bowl and yeah. the joy of the the little baby looking up at me in my eyes and, and that, that self-reliance on another person and that connection you're forming with, with a, a baby, you know. And, and it was just a special special moment to relive yesterday when I was sharing it with the fellows in the group yeah. and, and whatnot who have never been parenting because part of this mentorship program, we have to do some real deep deep cleansing, you know, childhood trauma and this and that. And, and we're also yeah. doing about, you know, parenting and whatnot so but yeah that was cool you know he was a good little dude he was good and and, and i'm looking forward to it i don't know <laughs> no, i don't know i, I, don't... I totally get it because my son's 23 now and we have our issues oh, yeah. you know because I oh yeah him alone, for sure That's a, and he was yeah. my mini me but i still i mean he's what six foot eight scott He's, and he's, yeah. six he foot eight tallest, and he's half korean he's the tallest freaking asian you'll ever freaking <laughs> see like and, he's not yeah. violent but he scares the shit out of me but for the first week of his life, he slept on my chest. And for his first year, he slept next to me, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I know what you're talking about, being that parent. He's my only child, yeah. biological yeah. child. And it's like, when yeah, you I... look into their eyes and you see yeah. them for the first time, you there know without is. a doubt that you will give your <laughs> life for them. There it is. There you know, is. I used to you joke just, with him and say, just... I'd, I'd This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I would only jump in front of a matchbox car for him, but he knows that I would give my life for him. Without you know, a doubt, Tammy. Despite Without our doubt. issues, I would give my life for him. So I understand what you're saying. And to know that your son said that at the age of seven. Yes, that, yes ma'am. Yes. You know, it just, it speaks a lot. And I, I don't know. I can't even, I mean, I'm over here crying because it just, I understand that bond and I understand your your I thought process that, behind it. That's a uh, that's a real that's a real moment. Uh, that's yeah, a real moment I mean, Scott assaulted a nurse when his son was born because oh my the, god, yes, his son had a birthmark and he thought it was <laughs> okay, the, let the me nurse tell gave the him story. a bruise. So they take you my know, son away. You know, but, with with 
you know, you guys, with that being said, I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. With that being said, with that being said, I hope that some of your listeners, there may be somebody out there that that has uh, had issues of child abuse or custody custody battles gone wrong. And 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 uh, there's no greater love than for your children, and 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 of course you would do anything to protect them, and and I think all three of us are examples of those from from one hundred from, from all different from from all different sides of the spectrum. You feel me? So uh, I appreciate you guys seeing seeing the the realness in that, and 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 I, I applaud you guys for getting that message out there. And if there is anybody out there that that has had issues with, you know, custody things and their child getting harmed or anything, if they want to reach out to me and, and talk about those kind of things and it'll help them or, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm in the position to dispense advice, but I can definitely provide motivation and maybe a, a good ear to somebody, you know? And an alternative to the choice you made. Correct, ma'am. Very correct. Yeah, yeah you don't want Dude, this to ever happen again. I love his again. respect, Scott. I can't get over it. I told you, man. That's Dude. why I, I, I've said it before yeah. to Scott and I'll say it to our listeners. Scotty, you can call me any damn time you want, anytime. If, if if I don't answer, I'll apologize in advance. Because sometimes I'm uh, away from my phone. I got other things going on. But my, uh, dude, I would I would talk to you 24 seven if I could. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate that very much. And uh, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, you know, I, I'm going to be going. Me and my buddy Bobby are going to be going up to the the OWAP group now. They're going to they're going to open up the doors here. And we got to go up to our little meeting. So I guess we got to say goodbye. Uh, uh, my friend Robert just passed on uh, his information, and I'll make sure I text you with that so you can talk to a former California gang member and get his perspective from exactly. what a violent lifestyle awesome. is like. And, and, and also, like I said, he's involved in the dog program, so you can uh, you can expand your horizons with different people. And, and he's a good dude. He'll give you honest transparency, and he's, he's good. He's, he's kind of hyperactive, but then again, you know, if we were all the same, it'd be a, if, if we were all the same, it'd be a pretty dull world, you know? That's true. That's exactly. true. And I'll tell exactly. you, that, I'm over here getting choked up too, so, and that's that's hard to do. Like I don't get choked right up over guys. shit. Yeah, right on you guys. We only get choked up guys. over certain episodes, and this is one of them. Well, listen. So, if there's anything else you need from me in the future, you have 60 seconds remaining. Not perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> don't hesitate to ask. All right. If if there's anything awesome. I can do to help, if you guys want to chat or whatever, just uh, just get awesome. at me. If there's anybody. From that LWAP group you want to talk to, I'll, I'll, with your permission, I'll give them your information, okay? Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, And Scott. I'll probably reach out to you, too, so just look for my email. Please. Yeah, just get on the contact there. Thanks, awesome. you guys, so much. Thank talk you, to Scott. Talk to you soon, Scott. Bye-bye. Guys, have a good day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. <laughs> you, Thanks, too. Man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God dang. You know... It was such a wonderful conversation with him. Oh, totally. You know, and I love his transparency. And um, hang on just a minute. I I forgot to pull up something, but that's okay. I can pull it up while we're talking. <laughs> but I love his transparency. I love the fact that, you know, he answers our questions. He's very honest. He's very respectful. I mean, he said, yes, sir, no, ma'am. It, it was just like, oh, my God. You would you think know? he was raised in the South. You would think, but what a, what a it's that generation guy. where we have respect for people. That's I right. wasn't raised in the South, but... Unlike you younger whippersnappers. Oh, my God. Back in my day, we didn't have a smart mouth like you youngins back in your goddamn 30s. 30 I hate year you. old kids. <laughs> uh, what? Spell his last name. D-E-K-R-A-A-I. R-A-A-I. First name Scott, right? Yeah. 
Because I'm trying to do a search for him on California, and it's telling me that there's nobody listed. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> yeah, he's right there. Don't worry I about found, that. No, because I wanted to give people his, you know, information. Oh, okay. Because he asked us to, remember? Right, and we're going to post it on Citizens of Brutal Nation as well. Um, right, and we'll post it on the in the notes for the episode, but... You know. Actually, you know what? Post it just on Citizens of Brutal Nation. We have some lazy bastards out there who aren't freaking joining That's Citizens true. of Brutal Nation. That's yeah, true. I'm going to make you work for that shit if you want to uh, contact somebody. Yeah. And you know what? I, I would totally encourage people to reach out to him because you know what? I know what it's like to be in prison. And just to have somebody break to you is amazing. You know? And, and, so, yeah. And here's the thing that, that I was going to mention to Scott that I didn't. Is that he's trying to better his life. For no other reason. It's not like this is going to affect him really getting out. Right. Because as of right now, he doesn't have that possibility. He's doing it just to better himself. Exactly. It's very admirable. Dude, do we know what facility he's in there? Uh, Yeah, Tehachapi. I know, but facility A, B, C... Um, B or E? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Okay, I'll 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 send him a message and ask him because probably a you know, better idea than trying to get me to answer shit. I know, dude. I barely. You know, know what? I I should have known better than to ask you anything. I don't oh, wait, know. Wait, you shit. have a letter over there from him. Does it say on there? I uh, will look here in a minute. I. God damn. Just to ask him. Always fucking things with you, Jesus. You know what? Christ I am just trying you. to be proactive, and you're being a little bitch. Um, before my vasectomy, I tried to be prophylactic. Does that count? I hate you. <laughs> Remember, boys and girls, you can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, log on to Citizens of Brutal Nation and join the discussion. There you're going to find uh, a lot of discussion going on. Of course, the contact information for Mr. Scott to cry. Um, and a lot, a lot of laughing that goes along with a it, too. A lot. Like, and you'll see that, you know. Like yesterday, I posted that Tammy got arrested for prostitution again. Dude, and everybody, like, totally. <laughs> I, I love the fact that some of our listeners actually stuck up for me. I just want you to know I saw that. It brings me great sadness when they do that because. Uh, you know what? Cheryl would hide your body for me. Facts. <laughs> just saying. I could call her up and say, hey, I need your help. Bring a shovel, no question. She'd be like, I'm right there. Oh, no, that's facts. That's facts. She totally fucking would. I know. Love her. Although I think Jen Dahl would, too, because she's told me she's on my side with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. You, you motherfucker. God damn it. You know it. what? You have you have uh, 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 Brian. I got Brian. I love Brian. You know what? Brian's I got my back. I want to bring this up because this is our closing, and I want to bring this up. But something happened the other day. Brian and I were texting. I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and I saw his message. And as I was reading it, I accidentally hit the map button, right, which displayed my location. And I erased it thinking, okay, it's 1230 at night. He's probably asleep because it was a weekday. So I erased it right away, hoping he wouldn't see it. And as soon as I, before I even hit the erase button, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just accidentally hit it when I was scrolling through the messages. You go, okay, I just wanted to make sure you weren't, you weren't in trouble in pinging your current address. I pictured him like literally getting out of bed, putting on his clothes, grabbing his keys and saying, I got to go to Oregon. Yeah, no, totally, man. You know, and I appreciate, I appreciate that, Brian. That just, I mean, that warmed my heart to know that you, you know, you were that worried about me. And And it's because we have a big dysfunctional family with this thing. It's fucked up, but it's awesome. We do, but I mean, that just warmed my heart because, you know, he doesn't really know us. 
except for through the show and everything. But yeah, just to know that he was there and he had my back if I needed him. Was well, amazing. hopefully he will soon because either he's got either he's got to bring his family up here for a vacation or right, or, or we're gonna pass through there. And we're gonna see pass him. through there yeah. on tour either way. Tote, totes my goats, yo. Totes my goats. All right, boys and girls. This email. Oh yeah, okay. I think I did everything. This show's copyrighted 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. If you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying, thieving bastards. bastards. And we will see you guys later on. Bye bye. Bye.